Glory to God. Amen. Welcome, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Start off with a, a funny for you this morning. I have to read it because it's in this book. I can I give you two of them because they're only half funny today. <laughs> a painter got a contract to paint the outside of a church. But because he was a greedy guy, he decided to thin the paint with some water. Thunder rumbled in the skies when he was about done painting the church. <laughs> and rain washed all the paint away. He got on his knees and he looked up to heaven and said, What should I do? And a voice said, Repaint, repaint, and thin no more. <laughs> who don't react. Reaction is not good in God. We need godly first responders who don't react in the flesh or from the flesh, but respond from the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. People who choose faith over fear. 
God's word over the world's report? Why is our first response to things so important? Because it's often an indication of our true spiritual location. Our spiritual health, you might say. You with me? Mm -hmm. This isn't picking on anyone. It's just giving you food for thought. Help to do the checkup from the neck up. Something that shows if we're governed by the flesh or governed by the spirit. Because the Bible does say something about that, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Amen. Amen. Be led by the flesh is death. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, let the body tell you what to do. And don't let your soul, when it's in agreement with the flesh, tell you what to do. Take that thought captive, make it subjected to the truth of God's word. Make it submit to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Then you're walking after the spirit. Words matter, don't they? Words matter. Otherwise, if words don't matter, and I'm telling you, everything you see was created with words. And you were created in the image of the one who created them with his words. That's why the devil wants you to create something for him. He can trick you into doing it. Huh? If words weren't important, the devil wouldn't be so busy trying to legislate and mandate that you call evil good. Right? right. <laughs> it's because he needs you to speak. He has no authority without you. Jesus, when he cast a legion of demons out of a man, they begged him, please, at least just let us go into those that herd of pigs over there. A pig has more authority in this earth than a demon without a vessel to use. If you ever realize that you're being tricked and deceived by the enemy to do his will, you'll get mad at the devil and you'll start doing your father's business. Amen. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever seed you sow in, you're going to reap a harvest. Hmm? More than you sow, the same kind that you sow, Later than yourself. Ask any farmer. That's how it works. <laughs> there are natural examples of the spiritual laws that are in place. And he said that law is going to be here as long as this world's here. Yeah. Luke 6, 45. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart. What are you planting in the garden of your heart? Is it this? Or is it this? <laughs> you know. Out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yep. Yep. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And that's not just the people you're hanging around. Although that's a great deal to do with it. 
but it's also whatever's going in these eye and ear gates. Your choice. You live in a world. Paul said, you want to get away from sin, you have to move out of the world. He even says, hey, you got some unbelieving friends you want to go to dinner with them? Go ahead. Just don't let it get on you. Make sure you're more of an influence on them than they are on you. Amen. You're a witness for Jesus Christ. You died, and now the life that you live is Christ, no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. The same Spirit that raised Him from the dead lives in you and gives life to your mortal body. You died on that cross we just celebrated through communion. We need to choose. Our decider is our soul. Amen? Choose to praise Him in the storm. In the storms of life. If you wait till everything is perfect, you may never praise Him. But if you praise Him in the storm, He sees it as great faith, and God inhabits the praise of His people. Amen. Amen. This is how we release powerful spiritual beings to go to work on our behalf. You have angels. There are angels in this room. Each one of you has at least one guardian angel. It was just for you. Some of us remember the times when he guarded us well. When we were acting a fool. Thank you, Jesus. But they respond not to our begging and pleading. The Lord will sit and cry with you. But there are laws that God put in place for our benefit. And our begging and pleading are not what activates those laws to work on our behalf. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments and the other 600. I'm talking about spiritual laws that God has in place. They work by faith. They work by the Word of God spoken in faith, in love. Jesus said, build your house on the rock. Luke 6, 46-49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, he said, and not do what I tell you. That, I wonder, you know, it's not one of those scriptures where you go, oh, what do you think he meant by that? <laughs> it's not ambiguous at all. Why do you call me your Lord, but you don't do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words, he said, and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building his house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose and the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. They both, they both built the house, but one recognized the significance of not being spiritually lazy <laughs> and getting it all the way down to the cornerstone of this universe, Jesus Christ. And building his spiritual house, his life around Jesus and his words, his truth, because it's the only real truth. 
We're talking about obedience. Oh, that's not grace. Yes, it is. We're talking about obedience to the Word of God, to the voice of God. Down through the history of mankind, God has dealt with man in several different ways. They're referred to as dispensations of time, time periods, time dispensations. He dealt with the individual men or families. You know, he dealt with Adam. He dealt with Noah. He dealt with Abraham, whom we have benefited from that same covenant. But even better, he dealt with the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jake. You know what I mean? He spoke to them. He spoke to the prophets. And then the law, you know, when the law was in place for 1,500 years, no one could ever keep it, but he spoke to the people through the prophets. So he's had different dispensations of time. And then now finally we've entered into this, this church age in which we live. This gospel, this, this uh, grace and truth age, which is the last age, the last dispensation of time before Jesus returns. And it's the best one, the best covenant, and the best dispensation. And it's going to be like this until the King of Kings returns. Amen. Amen. But throughout all this time and the different dispensations and covenants, there's been one requirement, hearing God's voice. All this teaching, all this instruction on hearing God's voice, all this encouragement to journal and press in and learn to hear the voice of God. It's important. That's why. It's never changed. They always had to hear, to heed the voice of God and to obey. In order to enjoy the fellowship that came through that relationship, they had to hear and obey. Amen? Amen. Jesus told us that we are the sheep of his pasture, that his sheep hear his voice, and they know him, and they follow him. Isn't that what he said? I have a question. Do you consider yourself his? Huh? Good answer. If so, what's he saying to you? He should always be, he's always talking. You should have things that, that are going on with you and God. Lord, is the heater on here? That cast iron skillet's heating up. Praise God. Gonna get hotter, amen. <laughs> if you don't know what he's saying, you're like, huh? Then here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. I suggest you begin to take that relationship more seriously. Isn't that fair? I mean, if you don't know, if if when I say what's God been saying to you, and you're like, what? Like that's not even something that you're not even tracking with that. It's like, oh, come on, man. It's not just a, that's not a religious thing. It's, I'm talking about a relationship. I don't even like religion. 
And I choose to love religious people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's a choice. <laughs> Same as Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You need to build your spiritual house on the rock. The word of Christ. The rock of revelation. Of his truth. His light. And his love. Hello. Yeah. Alright, now we're going to get somewhere. If you listen. I had a whole message about the agape love of God. Amen? Amen. Unconditional God's kind of love, not the world's kind of love, and all that good stuff. Because God is love. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about love before I can get to the real deal. There's nothing more real deal than the love of God, but something I want to tell you, He wants to tell you, I want to talk to you about God's love for you. Hmm? Because I think some of some some of you, some of you, trying to do the agape love of God outward, you're trying to do love people that way without having received it from God for yourself. And it's impossible to give away what you have not received, you see. You can't give it away if you don't have it. And you have to receive it by faith. Amen? Amen? Do you know that God loves you? Because when you know, listen, when you know how much God loves you, it changes how you receive the word of God into your heart. It changes how you read it. It changes everything about it. Because you begin to see the word of God as Jesus he was the Word made flesh. Amen. Amen. I hear beautiful people. All people are beautiful in God's eyes. You see? They were created to be beautiful. I hear ministers. I hear just believers or just wonderful people who still haven't had their eyes open yet to the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Unsaved folks. <laughs> but whether they're a minister or just a good person trying to figure it out, we'll call them a Greek like they do in the Bible. They unknowingly give them benefit of the doubt most times are attributing the devil's dealings with them and with others and the devil's plans, and the devil's torment, and the devil's ugly, they're attributing all that to God. Wrongly so. That's right. This is a bad, bad situation. It's, a, it's not, it's like an epidemic. The entire world is under this deception, and much of the church much of the church is under this deception. The enemy of your soul, the devil, and his army, and religion, religions, what did I say, 4,200 different religions? Or I'm talking about religion that calls itself Christianity. And I'm not saying that 
I'm saying some of them are not saved. I'm saying that. You can't continue to call evil good and just call yourself a child of God. But the ones that are deceived and are saved, hey, we'll see them in heaven. They just don't have the revelation that the rest of us do, but that's not a deal breaker. But there's a difference, and you have to know it. You have to walk in discernment to understand the difference. Huh? But the thing is, the enemy of your soul and religion try to make God out to be a harsh, punishing dictator, saying, do good, get good, do bad, get beat. Either straighten up, or I'm going to take your family from you. Or I'm going to take your job. If you don't get right, I'm going to put sickness on you. If you don't pay your tithes, I'm going to, I'm going to make the transmission fall out of your car. <laughs> the devil is selling you all this crud, making God seem like the Godfather instead of a loving Father God. and love of God have already been granted to you. Already paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. God isn't withholding anything good from anyone regardless of your behavior issues. This is how Paul preached the grace of God. To the point where they went, huh? You mean it's okay if I keep on sinning? And then he said, he almost cussed then. Heavens no! How are you going to go back to what you've been brought from? Why would you open all those doors for the devil? Your problems are coming from the fact that you're living in a fallen world run by a lying, murdering devil and they're coming from your own bad decisions hello yep, that's right. which do bear consequences in this life no doubt mm -hmm. yes. we open every door and every window to the devil and then we say, well, if God is good, if God loved me, he would just stop all the bad stuff happening in my life and, and just bless me. Come on. Beloved, what you don't know about God is killing you. And the devil is laughing all the way to the cemetery. If you haven't been born again, Jesus told Nicodemus, John 3, 3, unless you be born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. So that's, that's, that's number one. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But if you have, then you, you know what some of us need? You need to go on a second honeymoon. 
with Jesus and get a revelation of just how much he loves you. Amen. Amen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a lot of love from a holy God who had never been apart from his son. To send him down here to be treated the way he was. He loves you that much. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. You see, you can't love, you can't just go out on your own trying to love everybody. You don't, you're not equipped for that. You see, that's why it's not fair to, to go to a, to choose a spouse based on uh, the fact they, they, you complete me. You see, they don't have the ability to complete you. You make a darn powerful pair, and that's what God wants to get into agreement. But to try, to try and make that person make you happy, that's putting a burden on them that God didn't create them to be able to, to do because that's a God-sized hole that you're trying to get a person to fill. And the closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to each other. You see, people put unreasonable expectations on other people. It doesn't mean that I understand that people take advantage of, of good people too. Yeah. Yeah. They do. It's okay. This life's only for a flicker. You just do what God told you. You remember who you are. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5 says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Talking about how much God loves you. He wants, he wants you to be directed to remembrance of the love of God for you and, and that Jesus is steadfast. He's standing firm with you and for you and making intercession for you. And he hasn't and he won't change his mind about you. He loves you. Amen. So you need to love yourselves. Amen. Colossians 1.13 God the Father hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Has. Past tense. It's a done deal. That's why this is not your home. Your home is in the, you are a kingdom dwelling. Hmm? The kingdom of God is in you and you're in it and you're in him and he's in you and you don't understand all that and you don't have to, you just need to know it by faith. Because when you hear it, it's just true. And that and that neat. You say things that hair left the pope, like my mom used to say, <coughs> that drive all the scholars crazy. You say it, you just know it's true. 
God did that on purpose. God, it says he used the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Talking about the wise in their own eyes. Those who have educated themselves past God and out of, out of relationship with God. Which doesn't mean every educated person is not saved because there are plenty of educated people that's, that got as far as they could go and still said, hey man, there's still so much out there, there has to be a God. <laughs> Pretty sure Einstein even said that. But I don't know. So don't quote me on it or send me an e email because I won't read it. <laughs> Ephesians 2, first seven verses. I won't go there, but he said we were dead. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were on death row and deserved every bit of it. Our spirit was dead. And that's who we really are. We're a spirit with a soul and a body. And Jesus made us alive again. Amen. And brought us into the family of God. That's love. Amen. But you got to believe it. If you're a believer, it's good to be a believing believer. What do you say? Yeah. We don't waste our time and damage our hearts by being offended, by seeing a demon on every doorknob. By being critical or prideful. It's all a waste of time. Distraction. God's blessings and favor flow from a merry heart. A merry heart. Proverbs 17, 27. A merry heart doth good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Been there, seen that, ministered to that daily. To members of our congregation, to members of my work and customers and ministers to ministry to ministers. I have more ministers that I minister to than congregation. And listen. I'm anointed to preach this message. But I'm just like you when it comes to applying it and living it out. Amen. Paul said, hey, I have to keep my flesh under. Otherwise, I preach to you and miss it myself. And if Paul had to do it, then I guarantee you, the rest of us do merry heart for a Christian. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A merry heart for a Christian is a heart that has a revelation. You know what a revelation is, huh? This is where the light bulb goes on for you. Oh. A revelation that God loves you. Seem like I'm beating a dead horse here. You never say it enough. A merry heart is a necessary thing for the Christian to have. And the way to get it is by having a revelation of God's love for you, no matter what. 
even when you screw up to the uttermost. It's a critical revelation. I mean, it's necessary. It's, it's indispensable. The love of God for us through Jesus Christ. Because the devil, your enemy, he wants you to think you aren't deserving of God's love. Yes. Why? So you'll run from God and into his arms, mm -hmm. the one who really hates you. Right. He's lying. He's right. Deceiving. And the world's under his control. That's, right. that's why huge corporations are printing out t-shirts that said the devil loves you. Yeah, that's right. And that he uh, is a respecter of pronouns. Liars. <clears throat> In league with the deceiver himself. They've been deceived. Again, trying to make God out to be the bad guy and trying to attribute God's real attributes to the, to, the, to the devil, the one who really hates you. Y'all with me? Yes. Yes. Listen. God's grace and love are bigger than your sins against Him. You realize that? You don't have to understand it. You just need to know it. So that you don't draw back and think God's promises would be great. You know, if, if I could just get my act together, then I could qualify to receive the love and blessing of God. You see, that's, that's a deception. You're never going to be qualified. Jesus qualified for you, and you're credited with everything Jesus did. Amen. That's why you can look in the mirror and say, look who God loves. Amen. On your worst day. is hurting folks and we need people that are willing to be discipled and strengthened in their faith to the point that they can help a sick and dying world right time is short God doesn't need perfect people like I told you last week he just needs surrendered people yielded vessels here I am Lord you can use a mess like this go for it that's not a bad prayer, if that's what you really think. Yeah. That's honest. He, you know what? He might even exhale a little bit. Oh, finally. You got real with me. I love it. People always talk about, I'm just being real. I ain't going to church to be a hypocrite. You know what? So dumb. How can you be so dumb and still walk across the floor? It's because of all the deception about God, though, you see. Yeah. Making him a harsh dictator and someone who's out to get you in. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's God, but you know, I've had people stand right in front of me saying, Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in man to get back in church, but I just got to stop. I'm going to stop this dipping and make cussing and clean all that up, and I'll be back. I say, Dang, you're dumb. But did you ever go? Really? Where'd you go? 
I need to talk to that pastor. He taught you some stuff that was wrong. You don't get cleaned up and take a bath, dude. You try to fix all the things that you go on to God to fix for you. He's the fixer. When you watch breaks, you don't say, hey, watch, fix yourself. You take it to the watchmaker. People don't understand that anymore. Watch used to have all sorts of little parts in there and they actually went inside and got the spring. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, you have to say it. You have to believe it. God loves me. Amen. Nothing can separate me from his love. God is love. And, and then, okay, tell me when I get off scripture here, because I'm, 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 just, I'm just, just saying it like the scripture lays it out. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Is that a scripture? Yes. Okay. God is love. Is that a scripture? Yes. So, is God your father? Yes. Okay. So, love, your father is love. Amen. Amen. Hey. Hey. Love is my father. Amen. I'm created in the likeness of my father. Amen. Created Amen. in love, to walk in love. Yes. To love him, to love me, to love you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Man, it gets when you when you get this, and you're going to. You, some of you are already getting it. I feel it. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is just man. They're having the, the, the angels are in here doing a jig. Because this is this is this is life changing. That's right. Yeah. When when you get to the point where you say, man, there's. Not, I mean, I'm talking about standing this close to somebody who just did you dirty and wrong and saying, man, there's, there's nothing you can do to make me stop loving you. <laughs> wow, thank you, Jesus. You know they're going to want what you have. That's right. And when they find out it didn't come in a bottle, you can't drink it or take it or shoot it up. It's a free gift. From love, from your Father in heaven. Amen. The gift is Him. So the gift is love. God is love. So love is my Father. Love then leads to trust. And then trust leads to obedience. If I know He loves me, I begin to trust Him. And then I watch His track record of faithfulness in my life. Trustworthy, trustworthy, faithful, faithful, faithful. Every time I trust Him and I do what He says, something good happens. Good comes from Him. Then, I have this revelation. Wow. God says it. That settles it. I'm going to do it. 
Then I've been helped, you see. Now I'm, now I'm healed everywhere I hurt before. I'm empowered by His promises because I trust Him and I believe Him now. And I'm loved by God and I'm prospering in every way. That's the help I was after. Now I can go and give it away. I can go and help others and never be diminished or depleted. One iota. That's it. Listen, if you have walls built up, some of us do, in your heart toward others because, frankly, life has kicked you right in the teeth. Just start where you are. That's all he wants. The Lord is just inviting you. Start, start right where you're at. Just start by opening your heart up to allow God to love you. You say, I can't, I don't, I can't love anyone. I'm not. You've built walls. You've got strongholds. Okay. I'm, I get it. I'm not, I'm not. I'm only here to be a witness. Not to fix you. I'm trying to point you to the door, to the fixer. Amen. Amen. We make a terrible Holy Spirit. Don't try to fix everybody. Amen. Tell them what God did for you. You're only here to be a witness. To say, God, I, I'm here. I will allow you to love me if, 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 you, if this is all true. I, I, will, I will allow you to love me if you do. And watch what happens. He'll start, he'll take you right there. And then he'll begin to work inside of you in, in, the, in the loving way that he has of doing that. And, and all you, you got to do is just say, Lord, I'm, I'm right here. I'm open to your love. And then he'll begin to work on your heart, on the bitterness, the unforgiveness. And then on not allowing the past to define you because that's not who you are. Something that happened to you, not who you are. And he'll reveal to you your present identity. He's not a God of the past. He likes to be done with that. Little rear view, big windshield. You see? And then he'll begin to show you the beautiful future that he's paying for you. If you'll allow him. Huh? See, we're all at different levels of revelation. And transformation. And application. You see, because the revelation of his truth and his love will begin to transform you and your heart and your life. As you apply those truths to your life. You see what I'm saying? And we're all in different places in our journey, in our walk with God. The application is what we do with that truth. That we have been that's been revealed to us, Amen. So that's why we have lots of different messages on the same subject and topics because we're trying to reach everybody, huh? But we celebrate Him right where we are at, and here's here's what He wants to tell you: wherever you're at, you say, "Well, this all sounds great when I get all this revelation." And I've applied it all to my life. It's changed me and 
and then, and then it fixes my marriage, and then it fixes my bank account. And all. That's all going to be great. I can't, I can't wait. That's going to be great. But until then, I'll just keep on trudging along with my head down. No. Here's what he wants to tell you. There's grace for right where you're at. There's grace for your broken marriage right where you're at. There's grace for your bank account that's, that seems to be in red. <laughs> but you don't go by what you see. You go by what he said. Yes. He said everything he has is yours. Right. Huh? Yep. There's yep. grace for your health right where you are. <clears throat> see? Symptoms don't mean you're sick. You say what God says. Amen. You speak to that symptom. Does it have a name? When you're when you telling somebody how sick you are and how bad it hurts, do you give it a name? Do you call it something? Do you explain it to them? Yes, you do. In the same way, you speak to it. That's your mountain. Yes. And you tell it, get. Right. Amen. Yeah. Oh, no, you don't. Back pain. I did not give you authority to be there. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Get out. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Pain be gone. Amen. Now back and spine, disc and vertebrae, I command you to line up with the word of God. Be restored. Be healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Be going about your business. <laughs> Tries to come back. Oh, no, you don't. Get it. That's right. Seems silly, huh? Okay. Well, then suffer. <laughs> I don't want anyone to suffer. Believe and receive or doubt and do without. Yes, amen. What I want to finish with is what all that is necessary. You need to walk in a revelation of the love of God for you. And you need to receive that help that we've been talking about since this church was formed. The healing, empowerment, love, and prosperity. You need to receive that for yourself so that you can help others. And listen, you need to be bold. I mentioned this last week. And I'm going to finish with it this week. A born again, mature spirit. I just told you, we're all at different levels. So don't compare yourself. Those who compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. So don't do that ever. Just look up and say, Lord, I love where I'm at with you. Me and you. I love that. Thank you. I'll never get over getting saved. Keep growing me up in you. Don't worry about everybody else. But I'm a born-again, mature, spirit-filled believer lives inside out. Remember, we're the only religion in the world... I don't like calling it that. It's a relationship. But that, that says that our God is inside of us. That's right. Everyone else speaking to a God that they can't have a personal relationship with. You see? That's right. And they're not really God. They're demons. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is on the inside of us. And we're just now resting in Jesus' finished work, taking advantage of our inheritance, agreeing with God regarding His promises concerning us, 
finding the promise that applies to every situation that we're going through and standing on that, proclaiming that out loud. Accepting. You see, I had a, my pastor told me recently, he said, you know, sometimes you're, or our, our, uh, our humility isn't God's humility. Because God will always accept a gift. And you know, God is the giver of gifts. He loves to give good gifts to his children. You need to receive the gifts that God has for you. Your inheritance will come to you in proportion to your awareness and acceptance of your new identity in Christ. When you say, I am a child of God and He loves me a lot. A lot. A lot. And you believe it, everything's going to start changing for you. Your identity as a beloved, justified, righteous, blood-bought child of God with the authority to use the name of Jesus, the name to which everything in heaven and on earth and below the earth must bow the knee. That's who loves you. Everybody get that prayer, the Ephesians that I printed out for y'all? If you need one of these and you're online, just email me at gracepreacher5 at gmail.com, the number five. I'll send you a copy. You need to be reading this over yourselves, over your family and loved ones. And it, God will begin to give you this revelation of the things that you already have and who you are, already are in Christ. Paul didn't pray that you get one thing that you don't already have. Just an understanding, a revelation of what you already have, including the love of God towards you. And that's a powerful prayer. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues. That's so sad. You ever known someone like that that just lives afraid? Just lives afraid. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you need to stop living in fear and worry and have faith in God. Speak to the fear. Command it to lead. I know that you hear me and that you believe it, but you know, it really comes down to a matter of if you really ask yourself, do I really practice this? Do I really feel foolish just speaking to fear and speaking to a pain and speaking to a sickness and speaking to a, a, a collection agency bill or... Do I, do I really do that? Or do I just believe that it's true, that it would work? Because a lot of times you'll find out, you know, I really haven't even been doing it. I believe it. But James said, show me your faith without works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You have faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So at least you get a lot of that if you come here. <laughs> so you have faith you have power if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost because that's where all the power for the 
Christian life comes. So what you need is boldness. And the reason I bring that up is because it keeps coming up before me. Is that there's a lot of passive Christians. And what God needs in these end times are some Christians that are a little bolder. See, we're so scared. We're like, we're trying to walk the fence. I'm like, we don't want to offend and then ruin our witness. And really, you don't want to do that. Sometimes God will just tell you, don't say nothing. But listen, I was getting ready for a meeting, which I had invited 100 ministers to the other night on a Zoom call. And I couldn't miss it or be late because I'm the one holding the meeting, right? <laughs> and God tells me, go take a walk. I don't have time to take a walk. Don't argue with God. <laughs> Sometimes it came out of my mouth. I, I tried to catch it, you know. <laughs> but I was like, I don't have time to take a walk. I still got, I'm just finishing up all my other work and I got to get ready for the Go take a walk. Okay, I'd love to take a walk, actually. <laughs> Clear my mind. I was thinking about the meeting and what we're going to do. Took off walking two houses down, just on the corner of our street, there's a guy, there's a Christian who lives there, name's Paul, but there's a guy out there I've never seen before. He's out there spraying for bugs, spraying the yard. And he's got a big cross on his shirt and said something. I couldn't read. I said, hey, <laughs> what's your shirt say? He said, oh. He was excited to come and tell me. Turns out he was a chaplain. And he had a ministry. He gave me his card. He gave me some other stuff. Cool guy. We sat there and talked as long as I could. But that's why God told me to take the walk. He wanted to make a divine connection, you see. This guy is a minister. And he says, my ministry is really to people who have lost children and those who are thinking of committing suicide. I said, give me your card, dude. What an amazing gift. You see, it's not just he's willing to do that. I'm willing to do that <laughs> because I love people. I've done that. I do that. Huh? But just like taking care of elderly and being a nurse or, you know, something like that. That's a, there are people that love doing that. I don't. You see what I'm saying? I'm not here to be everything to everybody. I can do it all. And I have. But I'm here to equip you, raise you up for the work of the ministry. So when God gives me a divine connection like that, I'm going to keep that card. And then I'll minister to those people. And I can just see it right now. I mean, God wouldn't have sent me to, to meet him when I was so busy, had he not had a plan. But there will come a time when I'll, I'll minister until they're tired of seeing me. And then I'll call him and say, hey, could you pay this person a visit? Give him a call? Because, see, he has wisdom from God and anointing for that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Praise God. Yeah. That's a hard ministry. But that's just being obedient. Go take a walk. I knew it was God. I didn't have to wonder. If I didn't, I wouldn't have tried to catch those words right there. Coming up. <laughs> I almost got them, and I said, I'm sorry, Sorry, Lord. All right. Love to take a walk. 
Can I just finish this? Y'all still with me? Yeah. Your minds can only absorb as much as your seeds can endure. So we, we all right? Yeah. Just wiggle around a little bit. Vivian, I'm so glad you're still with us. I just want to finish this. Because it's for you and for me, for all of us. <laughs> Boldness. You have faith. You have power. You need boldness. You need to pray for boldness. Why would I say that? And what is boldness? Just as a, one of the one of the one of the deals we look up is a dare to do something you dare to do. <laughs> In the early church, I kept I keep noticing that word. The Book of Acts is our picture of what church is supposed to be. You understand that? That was the picture of the early church that God put in the Bible for us, and it hasn't changed. It doesn't evolve. I mean, it has. It has culminated into all kind of weird stuff. But it's supposed to still look just like it did in the book of Acts. And if you, there's, what, 28 chapters in the book of Acts? If you remove the supernatural from the book of Acts, there would not be one single chapter left intact. As a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost and with power, your life is either supernatural or it's superficial. Hello. And listen, what I'm trying to encourage you to do is believe and pray for boldness because you guys are sitting on a bunch of stuff that God has for you and wants to work through you and you don't even realize that you are that or have that. Because you hadn't been bold enough to try it. I have to show you, I see. Go to the book of Acts then. Our model. And I'll finish today. Peter had... Gotten up and prayed on the day of Pentecost. I mean, gotten up and preached on the day of Pentecost. It was awesome. That was the first sermon right there in the New Covenant. But then he got in trouble for preaching about Jesus. He got arrested. And he was there having to explain it in the, to the political leaders who were also in charge of the the law of the time, even though they were under Roman authority, but it says, oh, I'm not going to find it in Ephesians, Acts chapter 4. It says uh, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, because we'll go back up to 12, and, 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 and he's telling them, and he says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And he's telling this to all these people who had arrested him and beaten him. And they were, they're, they're mad at him for preaching about Jesus. And he's just getting bolder and bolder. And he said, there's no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. And check it out in verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness, huh? when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. Hey, these are just regular guys and they're, they're speaking 
just like Jesus did, you know, basically what they're thinking. As people with authority, and they have some great wisdom and understanding. They're, they're, they're discerning all this, right? And they were astonished. And what was their, how did they sum it all up? And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Huh? Amen. Don't you want people to recognize that in you? Uh, oh, man. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't think you, you don't think you don't think they'll do that for you. Listen, when I was when I was just when God called me to preach here and I was still bucking because I didn't know what in the world he wanted with someone like me. And I saw myself just as sinful and ugly as the rest of the world probably did. But he told me he loved me. He gave me a dream where he was standing next to me in the courtroom and I was totally acquitted of all crimes, free. He did all kind of wonderful things to me, but I was still struggling with it. I was brand new in the ministry and I just prayed in the spirit and I, I studied and I went to a church that I'd never been to to preach. They invited me and I'm like, what do they want me for? I get there. The place is crowded with all of his congregation and their friends they had invited and a whole bunch of ministers, about 40 of them. I got up there and preached a simple message and they all hit the floor, under slain under the power of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't anything special about me, believe me. It was God working through this vessel just because I was yielded, surrendered vessel. And I told him, okay, if you want me, you're going to have to teach me. And he said, okay. That's all. In Acts chapter 4, right there, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, right? Mm -hmm. Well, just look a few scriptures over. They, then they went and they, they went with, got with all the other believers and they started praying together. And look what they prayed for in verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. <laughs> Didn't, didn't say, Lord, protect us from these mean people. He said, look at their threats. Look at all the stuff they're, they're challenging us with. Lord, just don't make us shy away from doing what you called us to do. Give us boldness to keep on doing it. Even though they beat us and ridicule us and mock us and kick us out of the synagogue. Give us boldness, Lord, to keep doing your will and to keep talking about Jesus and making him famous. In just a, shoot, a few short years, they had turned the world upside down mm -hmm. with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then I noticed just a, a couple of... Because the first half is Peter and them and then Paul, you know, but you get into... And, and then Paul prayed the same thing. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, Paul 
He, he was asking for prayer before he set out on a part of his missionary trip. And he's asking all the people to pray for him. He says, also pray for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly, said it again, as I ought to speak. It's only my reasonable responsibility and duty what God has called me to do. And in light of everything that He has done for us, the least we could do is tell everybody about it. Let them decide for themselves. And you know what? You need to pray this for yourselves and for me. Please. That we dare to proclaim the truth of God's Word with all boldness. It's going to cause some problems in your life. Huh? Are, are you willing to accept that? Amen. Everyone who wants to live righteously in Christ, they will suffer persecution. The Bible tells us about that. But there's so much good that comes with it. You can't even hold up against it. The truth never fails to offend, you see. <laughs> but you've got to be willing to be bold. And God will be working with you when you're doing what he asked you to do. That's key. You have to know and believe and trust in that because he will. All through the book of Acts, which is like I said, it's our model for the church. It hasn't changed. It, it mentions the preaching and teaching with all boldness in Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 19. Then they boldly preached. They boldly proclaimed. They spoke the gospel of Jesus Christ regarding the kingdom of God and God backed them up with signs and wonders and He'll do the same for you today. I guarantee it. Amen. That's why you hear about these, these ministers. They're, they're maybe young in the faith, maybe old, whatever. They, they never, but they go to countries, these, these third world countries and thousands upon thousands of people walk for a day and a half just to come and hear Word of God. And people are just healed and they come out of wheelchairs and, the, and, and blind eyes are open and all these wonderful things happen. Because they come expecting. And all that, all that minister did was just, he was just a yielded available vessel. Well, I have a lot more on boldness. Maybe I'll share it next week. But I'll tell you that because I think it's encouraging. First John 3 8 says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Right? And so, in his stead, he left us here to do it. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So, through you and I, since it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us and works in us and through us, we just take up where he left off, praise God. Amen. And I want to tell you this. You were born to raise hell. Amen. Amen. 
some somebody online a chance to pick their dentures up off the floor. <laughs> Listen, let me explain myself. Because you, 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 you heard that with the wrong spelling. I don't mean R-A-I-S-E, to lift it up and to celebrate hell. I'm talking about R-A-Z-E, which means to completely destroy. Like they raise a building, means they take the bulldozers and they wipe that sucker out all the way down to the ground. So in that sense, you were born to raise hell. So I want you to go raise hell. Amen. Now watch, somebody's going to take just that quote off of the... <laughs> this is the kind of preaching. <laughs> R-A-Z-E, hell. Be bold. Say this. I am righteous. I am holy. I am love. I am justified. I have power over demons and all the works of the devil. I have authority over sickness and over poverty and all things broken or under the curse. I am an ambassador for Christ. I'm here to set the captives free. Praise God. Let's go, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him all the Lord, we just thank you for this precious day. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for knowing just how to touch the hearts and minds of your children and those who have heard this message today and those who will hear it by other means at any time in the future. Lord, I just pray for them that they walk in boldness to do your will that they have the confidence in your love for them. And I pray that they always be in the right place at the right time to do your will, Father. I pray this for myself and my loved ones as well. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you that your love is real and true and there's nothing that can come between your love for us and us. And we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.